This is the Epilogue Audio Experience. Hi, I'm Bhavna Sumaya and welcome to Epilogue Media's Meri Kahani. Our guest for today is a very young filmmaker, Sachin. He's an award-winning filmmaker who studied at the University of Texas at Austin. His work has been screened at prestigious film festivals and he celebrated with even more prestigious awards. He has done short films, documentaries and is currently working on his MFA thesis. Sachin, what is MFA thesis? Uh, MFA is, is a degree that I just finished. It's called Master of Fine Arts. Uh, okay. It's similar to Master of Sciences or uh, MSc. So my uh, specialization was Master of Fine Arts in Film and Media Production. Hmm. And another question that uh, plays in my mind is, why do you call yourself just Sachin and you don't use your surname? Uh, I think it's just... Uh, I like to uh, just use the name that was given to me by my parents and not not the one that I inherited from my uh, family as, as a filmmaker. To me, I think that is something that's very important. So even even in, on the credits, I just use Sachin Deeraj instead of my instead of my full name. So how did your journey begin? How did you get attracted to frames, lights, sound, camera? How young were you? I think it. it was kind of a sort of fascination since I was a, since I was a kid. My family used to take me to movies when I was a kid, and I was like an avid cinephile. But I think the the fascination grew, exploded in proportions when I was uh, studying my bachelor's in India uh, in Gujarat, like where we used to take uh, courses on uh, science fiction, and there was a semester long course that I took on Satyajitre. So those kind of gave me uh, a curiosity as to what really happens behind the camera and and it sparked my interest so right from then and uh, i thought you know maybe this is this is something that i think i could give it a shot and and see where it goes so did uh, this passion travel with you through your uh, school and college or you didn't go to college and you went straight into filmmaking Oh, it did actually. Uh, so my bachelor's was in information and communication technology. So at that time, I didn't have any background in in, in filmmaking. So so I decided uh, I need to kind of uh, develop my own portfolio. So through that, I uh, first came to the US uh, to do my first master's in software engineering, because like any other uh, uh, young. A student in India, you first become an engineer and then you decide what you want to do in life. So based on what I had uh, before, I decided to pursue my MS in the US to see if there are any better opportunities here. And then on the side, I was trying to trying to make uh, short films on the side and, and sort of develop my portfolio. And so how how old were you when you made your first short film or any film? Uh, any film i think i think uh, i was just 22 23 years old i think uh, hmm. when i made my first short film and i think that was way back in 2014 if i remember it was hmm. it's been it's been 8 years hmm. and what was that film about it's called the wrong heaven it's it's an adaptation of a short story by rabindranath tagore it's it's hmm. kind of uh, talks about an artist who gets 
uh, trapped in a, in a heaven of workaholics after his death. So it's mm. sort of like this conflict between the artistic side of him versus the monotonous laborious side of of the heaven. So so he was in a in a wrong heaven. I think that kind of strongly resonated to where I was uh, when when I made the film uh, because I was pursuing engineering and but I wanted to be a filmmaker. So when did you become a full-time filmmaker when you had finished all your engineering and everything? Yeah, yeah, so I did my first masters in software engineering then I had to pay back my loans that that I took mm. for the degree so I had to work for additional 2 years so it mm. really took 4 years of my time uh, to kind of build a solid portfolio and and be done with the engineering stuff and then finally I applied to some film schools to pursue the film education more formally and finally in 2018 that is 4 years ago was when I was able to officially jump in jump into the world of filmmaking and then uh, now i'm like sort of like a full time filmmaker and after you became a full time filmmaker or after you went to texas which was the first film you did and what was your experience uh, at the university the university kind of truly sort of uh, expanded my horizons uh, in in the first place because my classmates here were from all over the world like they're from ecuador ghana taiwan so it was really like the like the center center to to where all the different cultures meet and so in that way it really expanded my horizons with regards to their film culture their filmmaking history their uh, film aesthetics and mm. and the sort of the first film that we made is like another a short documentary uh, sort of more like an exercise i would say more than more than a film like you get to do two short exercises one in documentary and one in narrative but testimony mm-hmm. of anna is really my first major uh, sort of like a major project in film school it's called my pre thesis film so mm-hmm. it's made in my second year of uh, of my curriculum and that it's it's actually the first film i was able to uh, make in india Uh, you know i i watched the testimony of anna and it's a disturbing film so how was the film born in your head what made you choose this subject how did you choose your locations how did you go about it what was the preparation who wrote it so i did my bachelor's in gujarat in uh, in gandhinagar so so i was kind of so i spent 4 years of my life in in that state so i was kind of aware of certain incidents certain cases with regards to witch hunting this was way back in in 2010 2011 that time mm-hmm. so at that time it it kind of uh, the, i couldn't do anything about it because i was obviously not a filmmaker then but i was i was deeply curious as to why these things were happening and then uh, so so that issue sort of permanently edged at the at the back of my mind and then fast forward many years later when i was thinking of what i need to do for my for my pre thesis film uh, i saw a couple of uh, news articles surface up again with regards to the the modern day witch hunting that's been happening in india and and these were all over like these were in assam and then there was there was a survivor in assam who actually founded an organization to combat uh, such such brutal witch hunting attacks uh, i kind of forget her name but uh, so looking at all these things kind of brought back my memories uh, with 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 gujarat so so back then uh, then i thought okay maybe this is a good time for me to 
kind of do some field work do some research and and see uh, see where it goes because now i have some filmmaking uh, resources at my disposal uh so based on that i started digging deep and then using my contacts i was able to uh, get hold of some some journalists some social justice lawyers who were actively working with some ngos in the gujarat region and kind of uh, they helped me kind of conduct my initial uh, field work in in uh, rural gujarat so when i you went know, there uh, when i was watching the film um you talk about gujarat she speaks in marathi it's actually kind of it's actually dangi uh, hmm. the language is dangi it's, it's a tribal language yes i so, just said that yeah yeah and uh, why do you call it anna uh, her, her name is anna ben power ha you know but now we it's become anna you know yeah i think she even uh, her actual pronunciation is ona she calls herself everyone calls her ona 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 okay even. okay uh, okay but the uh, the actual uh, uh, what should i say uh, even when she says ona it is actually spelled as a n a and that so that's the reason so you you describe the testimony of anna as your major uh, debut work and uh, what uh, have you done after that after that uh, i've currently uh, i'm currently working on uh, my thesis film which is a short narrative project uh, which i've shot in the united states uh, mm. it it talks about it talks about uh, the indian immigrants who were trafficked uh, into the mm. united states as guest workers to mm. as uh, to repair the ships that that were damaged after hurricane katrina so mm. uh, and how they faced labor exploitation uh, in mm. the united states uh, under mm. this uh, guest worker program so it's based mm. on true events but but it utilizes the element of fiction this time and we are just right now beginning to beginning to uh, put together a festival strategy for it and and uh, sort of uh, yeah so I'll work on that how does these festivals come about and who sponsors it where does the money come from is it easy or is it a lot of heartache i think it's definitely very tough uh, so with regards to the money uh, fortunately i was able to apply to some uh, small grants like there is there is a, a organization called austin film society uh, where mm-hmm. i uh, studied uh, my film school so so the organization sort of helped me uh, with some distribution grants and and through that i was able to through that money i was able to apply to some festivals but in general i think it is a very very hectic and very uh, tiresome process for sure and um, the process of becoming a filmmaker you know to do your regular traditional conventional uh, education and then to go to a university that you did how difficult was that or are you from an affluent family where they could spend all the money on you i ask this question because people who are listening to you who are young aspiring filmmakers have many dreams and don't know how to go about it mm-hmm. that's a great question uh, in fact so so the way i planned my film education was i decided to only apply to schools where i can get full scholarship 
because mm-hmm. it's to me i think it's pointless to to spend uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars of money on a film school mm-hmm. because you can actually mm-hmm. utilize that money to make your own films then what is the point of getting a good film education and mm-hmm. sort of master's degree so so my target basically was to get into a school where i could uh, get full scholarship where i don't need to pay any money in fact the school that i'm studying in uh, they gave me full scholarship and they were also paying me they were give, giving me monthly stipend to kind that of is. study uh, so in mm. that way i was able to i didn't pay a single dime for my uh, mfa it was all through scholarship so it is possible it is possible uh, in the united states there are such institutions where you can get a free ride there are also some fabulous institutions in europe as well where you can get a complete free education if you want to really pursue filmmaking more formally Mm-hmm. and uh, after uh, that uh, the travel and other things was that easy the ticketing and all that yeah it's again it kind of comes down to the, uh, it 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 is kind of challenging for sure because you you uh, the travel definitely takes takes a toll on you for sure mm-hmm. now what is the next step besides uh, the thesis you are working on what is your plan and are you back in mumbai uh, i mean in india or where are you so right now i'm still in texas i just okay. literally just finished my graduation and mm. and uh, as of now i got a teaching job uh, in in the united states uh, which is kind of temporary i'm assuming for me to just get things going uh, and me and my wife we've actually founded a production company called uh, Kino Street which mm-hmm. is a production which it's an independent production house that is aiming to make cinema that aiming to make films that document the sensibilities of the street where we want to tell the stories of ordinary people where we want to tell the stories from the street uh so mm-hmm. this is going to be something long term and and my thesis project is the second so testimony of anna was the first venture of kino street mm-hmm. men in blue my thesis film is the second venture and then we also mm-hmm. have like a couple of feature ideas that we want to really pursue and and kind of make keep making kino street uh uh, uh bigger so i don't see any plans of returning to india because i can see that you are all uh... settle there and have a plan of action at least i think uh, for me i would really because even though i'm here i think i would say my 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 heart is in india always and and my uh, what should i say even my sort of my film practice majorly evolves with with uh, in and around india so so for me uh, being here definitely gives a little bit of financial edge where mm-hmm. uh, to be an independent production house it's very important to be to have your own uh, uh steady income uh, mm-hmm. to keep the production house up and going so that you can keep making work independently without any influence of major corporations or uh institutions so from that standpoint temporarily i think uh i would want to stay here for some time until uh, we get to a point where where the where uh it's good for kino street to where it is self sufficient and it runs self sufficiently at that point i think transitioning slowly back to india would be great so anyway i wish you all the best and i think to those who are listening to the show i would like to say that if sachin could dream and fly to texas and make films like testimony of anna so can you 
all you have to do is to be focused and whenever you feel things are not happening think of the hardships Sachin went through and maybe you will find your goal thank you Sachin again and god bless you thank you so much ma'am for your time it has been such an honor to be here on this show thank you for tuning in if you have liked this episode do comment do rate on apple podcasts subscribe on your favorite podcast app like apple podcast google podcast hubhopper castbox spotify geo seven so that you get notified when we come next stay tuned for the next episode with yet another guest and until then take great care of yourself